0: The word ekphrasis comes from the Greek for the description of the work of art produced as a rhetorical exercise. It is a vivid, often dramatic, verbal description of a visual art piece. Hey there everybody, welcome to the Ekphrastic, hope you're all doing well. This is Darwin Macedu. Uh, This is a podcast where we paint pictures with words, and today we'll be talking about Ernie Barnes. He was an American painter, actor, and football player, best known for his depictions of figures in motion. But first, let's get into some art news. All right, first up today, we have something from the AP, the Associated Press, and it's entitled, Biden revokes controversial Trump orders on monuments uh, and immigration, of course. For our purposes, the monuments, aka you know statues, are what um, are most important to us. So the writer is Shannon Pettypiece, and he begins: uh, Shannon, eh, it could be a he, or she, they begin. President Joe Biden on Friday revoked a series of controversial executive orders issued by the Trump administration, striking down his predecessor's decisions on areas ranging from monument protection to immigration restrictions. Biden revoked a measure issued by a former president uh, following the Black Lives Matter protest that instructed federal law enforcement authorities to prosecute individuals who vandalized federal monuments and to withhold funding from local governments that didn't prevent the destruction of their statues. He also put a stop to another one of Trump's monument initiatives, ending a plan to create a National Garden of American Heroes that the former president had said would serve as a Statutory Hall of Fame, oh my God, this guy is just such such vanity. Trump relied heavily on using executive orders to advance elements of his agenda for which he was unable to gain congressional support. The orders, which often faced legal challenges also helped appease Trump supporters looking for action on cultural war issues. Biden has been reversing many of those actions since his first day in office. Biden uh, withdrew uh, Friday a Trump executive order intended to block the entry of immigrants into the United States who were deemed to be a financial burden on the healthcare system. So that part there it starts going to the immigration part. Uh, but um, definitely the... Man, who, who wants to go to that um, that park? This, this statue garden of all these um, former slavers, you know, uh, Confederate uh, generals and soldiers and stuff. And, and how about, it was just, it was just so, it was just so, um, disjointed of course, and, and, and ill planned. He was even talking about putting a Kobe Bryant statue in this place amongst these You know, Christopher Columbus statues and, you know, and and, and these and these sorts of people from, you know, shamed people from uh, from history and having folks like Kobe Bryant and Muhammad Ali statues attributed to that. Like, okay, granted, this is just symbolism and all that, but it's 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 a slap in the face um, and representation in in certain places matter. And that's not what the, you know, the family would want posthumously being, being um, associated with, with, with such a thing. The reason that they wanted to create a statue garden in the first place because, hey, nobody wanted them in their neighborhoods, in their cities. And so he wanted to create a statue garden and, and, and add all these extra protections um, to these monuments that, that rightfully should have never been up in the first place and are coming down. Um, so if, that's if you ask me. So uh, good on Biden taking um, some of these things off the table. Uh, but in the same light of um, of of equality and 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 giving black folks their shine and where, where it's due, we, don't, we won't do it in a in a stupid statue park littered with Confederate generals. Um, this particular uh, article that we're talking about now, and this is from the News Gazette. Uh, Where's this coming out of? Uh, the News Gazette doesn't say which city, but. Um, this one here we're talking about a barbershop who is turning their shop shopping sort of like a, a a combo uh from a an art gallery and, and a barbershop and and it says as much in the title here barbershop art gallery a natural combo for Urba, urbana business owner and so yeah there's just some pictures here um where they're um, they're hanging out in the shop, and there's there's portraits all over the walls, and I don't know if there's uh, from local artists or or how the collection is is put together. But let's go ahead and read a little bit about it here. So Urbana, where where is Urbana? Urbana, let me hold on. Let me let me look this up as I click clack on the keyboard here. Urbana, okay, that's in that's in Illinois. Urbana is in Illinois and. Let's see, is it, what's for reference here, let's see, okay, so it's south of Chicago, looks to be about a couple of hours, south of Chicago, uh, a little bit northeast of Springfield, so, all right, black folks getting down uh, in Urbana, getting their art on, starts off with a quote, the heads are the canvas, um, was, he said, and so this is the barber, uh, Ash Knox, um, He's a a barber and a bit of an artist himself. So now, Knox is combining his barbering talents and his longtime interest in art all in one new place, Beard Culture Barber Shop and Gallery, opening June 1st in Lincoln Square, Urbana. Um, Urbana? Urbana? I'm going to say Urbana. There will be a soft opening at the shop and gallery from 4 to 6 Sunday. So this was, uh, when did they write this article here? from oh it's like a like a week ago cool so it should be open now the opening will feature the artwork of Knox Knox's dad Jesse Knox and a close family friend the late Alonzo Beats Mitchell Knox a graduate of Urbana High School and Eastern Illinois uh, University has worked for both Urbana and Champaign Champaign school districts Uh, he has been a a teaching assistant and coach, and left the, uh, the Champagne uh, school district after serving as its director of after-school programs. He went to barber school in 1999. One of his son, his sons, uh, Ashara Knox II, is also a barber, and both father and son previously worked for the former Rose and Taylor Barbershop in Champagne. The name of the new shop and gallery reflects the popularity of beards. Ash Knox said, watching the man's beard was becoming... Um, a phenomenon everyone wearing beards he said i noticed we're kind of a uh like a fraternity of sorts you see other guys with beards and acknowledge each other (laughs) that's funny (laughs) it's funny the the whole beard thing is having is having its uh renaissance moment and you would say i guess but uh right when that started taking off i know you know that's when the pandemic started in 2020 Or the pandemic happened it might have beard game might might have come a little sooner than that but the pandemic started now everybody's got to cover up their beards and wear these um these masks uh but you know some people have beards that are so big they kind of stick out the mask but they they make masks big enough to cover that beard but it's like man you put in all that effort um (laughs) to uh to, to get your beer game tight. And then all of a sudden uh, oh you gotta cover it up with this thing, you might as well just forget about it. So um, maybe maybe there's still something there. As we get the vaccination throughout the country, especially in the black community, um, we can get back to these lustrous beers that we have parading around town. So, So, so that'll be, that's something to look forward to. So everybody out there get vaccinated. A guy with a considerable beard who specializes in grooming beards, Knox said he and his wife, Tanaka, have also had their own Beard Culture Apparel line featuring t-shirts, hoodies, headgear, and beard butter. The apparel line has been growing, Knox said, and we wanted to piggyback the barbershop off that. The merchandise is sold locally and online at beardcultureapparel.com, the artwork in the shop shop. Uh, The shop's gallery, which which features Afrocentric oil paintings and pencil and ink pieces, uh, will be both on display and for sale. The barbershop part of the business will be open by appointment, which can be booked via the Booksy app. Knox said he's looking to hire another barber and a stylist expert in braiding and dreadlocks. Ash Knox, a father of six, said his new business venture is is a family business. I just went from... of doing the corporate thing to be to betting on myself and betting on my family he said more from knox uh he and uh, a friend ken jenkins uh do a barbering podcast called i cut my way out all right so maybe we should check that out i'll check it at some point folks uh if you go there and you and you and you check out their podcast and you like it tell them uh the Ekfrastic sent you all right cool cool things happening there and for our final story uh this is from abc news Thinking outside the box, brightening the community through art. This article jumped out at me because I can relate. So, uh, Kaylin Hobman uh, uh, wrote this piece coming out of Bakersfield, California. There is a utility box in East Bakersfield painted by Robin Dyer. She's one of the 10 artists chosen by the Hub of Bakersfield most recent project. It was an honor. I was really surprised. I was kind of shocked," said Robin. Each artist was given $500 to paint a utility box in Bakersfield City. Councilman uh, uh, Andrea Andre Gonzalez said the goal was to help artists during the pandemic. We can improve the area, beautify the area, but also help support local artists," he said. Robin grew up in a Bakersfield and wanted, grew up in Bakersfield and wanted uh, this artwork to celebrate the community. We have those kind of remarkable, unique to Bakersfield sunsets because of maybe the smog or whatever the weather is that day. Oh, climate change. So beautiful. It's kind of an event. It's a communal event, he said. The public's uh, reaction made her realize how much the community needed more art. I was right at an intersection, so at the uh, so at the stoplight, people would yell out really positive, wonderful things about the art I was making, and it just, it really, it's really good," said Robin. Robin hopes the project sparks an interest in artwork. Uh, Keep looking at art. Go to museums. Don't have to be good at you don't have to be good at art to appreciate it and just like what, uh, what you like," she said. Robin said she's grateful she can use her talents to brighten the community and think outside the box. All I can give is my art to the community to hopefully cheer some people up. Maybe look at a corner differently than they did before, she said. Kearns' Kindness is all about bringing you positive stories. Uh, So if you have a story idea, feel free to email her at KearnsKindness at Kiro.com. I just threw that in there and I just read it like Anchor Man. <laughs> Didn't realize it was uh ending like that and they just sort of ended the article. But what I can relate to this is that this happens in my community. And I actually spoke about this probably on one of the first shows that we've done. That these utility boxes are are, are scattered throughout the city. They're just sitting there, they're under the stoplights, uh, stop lights, you know, crosswalks, and there's these green boxes. And I noticed a couple years ago that so Several of them started becoming canvases, and I wasn't sure if this was like i mean it had to be they were just so well done. I was like, this can't be just graffiti art. I mean, I enjoy graffiti art, not everybody does, but they were so well done they're completely covered hundred percent of the boxes covered in art you know they it's it's wrapped around from top to bottom to the sides of these utility boxes in my community, so I'll say we did this before you Bakersfield, but good on you to um." to recycle this idea, I, I hope more people, more communities do it, it's it's awesome, especially if you're a person that's walk. you're on foot, a lot of times when you're driving, you don't, I mean, you're not, you shouldn't be distracted, it's not a distracting thing, because there's you know, all kinds of ads and billboards all over the place, but if you're walking, you're biking, it's kind of cool to see, it's, especially if you have some time, and you can just stop and take a look at all the intricacies that these artists put into these, <laughs> it's just a utility box, but it's art, in everyday life art in our landscape you don't have to go to a museum you don't have to pay anything you just go about your day and and there it is you're you're uh, i would rather do that than be bombarded by the ads and billboards that we are constantly being inundated with in our in our visual uh visual field um, as as we travel throughout these the, the community so this is dope i'm glad they're doing this i, I hope more communities do that so ended uh, ended on a positive note I think this was all positive news today a um, couple, couple times we have some 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 downers but today's some positive news and let's keep that energy going and uh get back to our ecrastic artist of the day Ernest Eugene Barnes jr Ernie Barnes was born Friday uh, July 15 1938 in Durham North Carolina during the Jim Crow era he lived with his parents and younger brother in what was then called The Bottom, the community near the Haiti district of the city. His father, Ernest Barnes Sr., uh, worked as a shipping clerk for Leggett Myers Tobacco Company in Durham. His mother, his mother, Fannie Mae Maygear, oversaw the household staff for a prominent Durham attorney and board of education member, Frank Fuller. On days when Fanny allowed him to accompany her to work, Mr. Fuller encouraged the young Barnes to pursue the art books um, and listen to the classical music of his own collection. The young Ernest was intrigued and captivated by the works of the of the master artists. By the time Barnes entered the first grade, he was familiar with the works of uh, Delacroix, Rubens, Michelangelo. When he entered junior high. He could appreciate as well as decode many of the cherished masterpieces within the walls of mainstream museums, although it would be many years before he was allowed entry um, because of segregation. Unfortunately. So Barnes only uh, attended racially segregated schools actually. Uh, In 1956, he actually graduated uh, high school in Durham with 26 athletic scholarship offers. Then segregation reared its ugly head again. Preventing him from considering nearby Duke or University of North Carolina, his mother promised him, hey, I'll give you a car if you just stay home. Um, So he was like, sweet. And he attended the all-black North Carolina College at Durham, formerly known as North Carolina College for Negroes. Now it's um, um, North Carolina Central University, which was actually located across the street from his school. So it worked out. He didn't really need a car, but I mean, I guess he's, you know, you're a player, you know what I mean? Uh, so you can at least go out and hang on and stuff like that, but right from, across street from your school, it's in the neighborhood. Uh, at North Carolina College, he majored in art on a full athletic scholarship. Barnes began to experiment with painting while studying at North Carolina College at age 18. Um, it was on a college trip, actually, where um, the newly desegregated North Carolina Museum of Art in Riley... Uh, He inquired uh, when he got there, so where are the paintings by Negro artists? Um, They were like, "Mm, your people don't express themselves that way. Uh, Then 23 years later, in 1979, Barnes returned to the museum for a solo exhibition and then drops the mic. Yeah, they dropped the mic. come several years later, <laughs> probably. But so after college, he continued in an illustrious professional athletic career. Uh, but he never let uh, his love for football overshadow his love for art. Barnes was selected in the 1960 draft by the Colts. Um, back then, it was in Baltimore. Um, after five seasons as an offensive lineman for the San Diego Chargers and then Denver, Denver Broncos, a little bit of a journeyman there. He retired in 1966 at the age of 28 and fully devoted himself to art. He actually credits his, his college instructor, Ed Wilson, for laying the foundation for his development as an artist. Wilson was a sculptor who in, instructed Barnes to paint from his own life and uh, experiences. He made me conscious of the fact that the artist who is useful to America is one who studies his own life and records it through the medium of art, manners, and customs of his own experiences. Uh, so that was from, uh, uh, you know, Barnes's uh, biography, writing about um, his old college instructor there. His compositions, often filled with crowds of people, were intended to promote racial harmony by showing people from different backgrounds standing side by side. Critics have defined Barnes' work as neo mannerist Based on his signature use of serpentine lines, elongation of the human figure, clarity of line, unusual spatial relationships, painted frames, and distinctive color palettes. Uh, Speaking of painted frames, um, one of the juxtapositions that he is um, known for, that he embraced, is he would use the frame of his... Of his of his work as part of actually the work, so the frame matters as well. When he first started this, is he he had a painting when he was a, when his father had re, had died had died. This was near the time of his death, um, and he hung it on the fence at their house, and he he liked the feel of that. The fence was kind of worn, kind of beat. His father couldn't take care. Of, you know, his father used to maintain stuff around the house, and his father was you know um, you know near death and he couldn't really do the, the the housework that he used to. So the fence was one of these things that was just kind of falling apart, getting a little bit discoloration and all that kind of so Barnes actually repurposed the fencing in his house and used them and made frames for his artwork. And to the to the naked eye you would think, oh, you know, there's no real significance there. But it it was intentional for for him to do that there. So as we continue here, his palettes are distinctive. Um, We have an art critic, uh, Frank uh, Jelton, that credited Barnes as the founder of the neo-maneurism movement because of the similarity of technique and composition prevalent during the 16th century as practiced by such masters as Michelangelo and Raphael. So in pop culture, Barnes' paintings appear on music album covers, television, movies, movies. there's especially the one uh, f- uh, iconic dance hall scene, the Sugar Shack. And the Sugar Shack happens to be the inspiration for today's ekphrastic poem. So again, here's how this works. So let me give you a reminder. Remember, this is a description of a visual art piece. As I'm speaking, you're going to go to darwindarko.com. Check out the show notes. There should be a link there. You will find a catalog of all the artwork we discussed. And for today, of course, you're going to be looking uh, for the image of the Sugar Shack. It transports viewers to a jubilant nightclub, vibrant, dancing party goers and musicians. They fill the three-by-four-foot canvas, most have their eyes closed, actually, uh, a signature in nearly all of Barnes' paintings, uh, referring to his oft-stated belief that we are blind to each other's humanity. I'll give you a second to search for it in your browser. Good times. Anytime you meet a payment, those are some good times. Anytime you need a friend, definitely good times. Anytime you're out from under, not getting hassled, not getting hustled, keeping your head above water, making a wave when you can. Temporary layoffs, still good times. Easy credit ripoffs, find a way to good times. Scratching, And surviving just to get to those good times. Hanging and a-jiving for good times. Ain't we lucky we got them? Those good times? Just looking out the window. Watching the asphalt grow. Thinking how it all looks hand-me-down. Good times. Ain't we lucky we got them? Did that sound familiar? Well, it should have. Sugar Shack. That dance scene appeared on the Good Times TV show um, and on Marvin Gaye's album, I Want You. According to Barnes, he created the original version of the Sugar Shack after reflecting upon his childhood, during which he was not able to go to a dance. Barnes said in a 2008 interview, The Sugar Shack is a recall of a childhood experience. I was the first... Uh, it was the first time in my innocence, uh, <laughs> when my innocence met with the sins of dance. The paintings, the painting uh, transmits rhythm so that the experience is recreated in the person viewing it to show that African-Americans utilize rhythm as a way of resolving physical tension. Barnes' work has actually appeared on, on the covers of several music albums. Like I, I mentioned, Marvin Gaye. He was actually had art, um, the B.B. King's um, album, Making Love Is Good For You, also. In 2004, the artist gained media attention after he was commissioned uh, to paint the mural uh, A Life Restored. That life, th- that life that was restored in that one was actually Kanye West, um, which is, is a reflection on his um, near fatal car accident at, um, around that time. Barnes unfortunately died in April 2009, Uh, in LA of leukemia. He was seven years old at the time. Also at the time of of his passing, he had been working on an exhibition um, called Liberating Humanity from Within, which featured a majority of paintings he created in the last few years of his life. His work uh, can be found in the private collections of Ethel Kennedy, Norman Lear, uh, and even Harry Belafonte. Publicly, if you want to check him out, you can um, go to the American Sport Art Museum uh, and Archives in Daphne, uh, the Seattle Art Museum, the African American Museum in Philly. In 2014, his wife presented um, the painting, The Bench, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame for their permanent collection in Canton, Ohio. So uh, he found his way to the Hall of Fame, uh, even if it's only in his... uh, 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 painting form, uh, he did a lot of actual sports paintings. So that's something definitely that um, folks should check out and look into if you're into, uh, you know, drawings and and, and and depictions of art in motion. Um, he, he would he would be in football practice, and if he had a second and he was sitting on the bench, um, he would draw. This one this one is called the bench, and um, is because he was I think this was his rookie year. He's on the bench. He was uh, watching. You know, he had time, and he stood behind the bench and just kind of like created a portrait of the view from that perspective of the, uh, you know, the, the the gladiators on the field and from the perspective of the bench there. So he, every chance he got, like like, he, like I said earlier, never allowing football to overshadow his love for art. Um, that painting, was it that painting the bench? Uh, I, you know, the first time it sold was for like a thousand dollars. I think somebody, I think somebody first bought it for for a hundred bucks, and then he sold it for. Then they resold it for a thousand dollars. I'm sure it's worth a lot more now. So, very interesting guy. Uh, definitely uh, put his stamp in pop culture with, with, with all of the appearances um, of his work in, in music and, and TV. Definitely think you should check him out. You've already checked out his stuff before and you loved it. You didn't even know it was him. So appreciate you uh, helping me to um, explore a little, bit of, uh, a, a little bit of Mr. Barnes here and hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for joining me. Um, that's it for today. Um, again, if you want to, um, check out any of the artwork we discussed, please visit darwindarker.com backslash ikfrastic. It's where you can find all this stuff catalog for your viewing pleasure. Um, also please leave feedback. Let me know what you think about this episode or any previous episode. Um, wherever you can leave comments, uh, if you can rate us, rate us five stars. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, that, that's, uh, hopefully the other buttons are broken and all you can do is rate the five stars. That's all we accept. Uh, even if you leave a crappy comment, still five stars, why not, right? Uh, and, and so that's very helpful. Another great way to support it, uh, support the show is to follow us on your socials, share it on your socials, uh, just look for The acrastic and um, looking forward to being in touch with you guys. Again, I'm Darwin Messadine. Thanks again for listening to The acrastic